Hello, everyone. Welcome to a very special ScarletNation.com podcast. I am here today with Bobby Darren, who's always with me, but we have a very special guest. It's Brian Doan of 247 Sports. He's the recruiting analyst over there. And we're all about to announce something I'm sure most of you have heard about it already, but it's a merger between Scarlet Nation, ScarletReport.com, which is already on the 247 Sports Network, and just the big move over from Rivals to 247 Sports. So let's just begin. Bobby, how you doing? I'm doing very well. Uh, very well tonight. Exceptionally well, I should say. Yeah, you're, it's going to be a long night. 12.01 is when we make <laughs> that move over. So I hope you... That's my peak. That's my peak time. So uh, it's yeah. good for me. Now, Brian, we have been talking a lot about you in recent days, just because it's been years that we have had a love hate relationship <laughs> with you. We love you when we're hanging out with you, and we hate you when we're competing with you. So, talk to me about what you do for CBS and for Two Four Seven Sports. Yeah. Well, first of all, thanks for having me on. And uh, for people to know, I, I've been waiting for this moment for about four or five years to be on your guys' team. I'm glad it's on the 24-7 Sports and CBS platform. So welcome over. So what do I do? Uh, I cover recruiting. Because I live so close to Rutgers, I get to go over to practices a lot. So the folks at Scarlet Nation are going to see and hear a lot of me. I hope that's a good thing. The way I look at it is the more information, the better. And, and it's always informed information. It's not just throwing stuff against the wall. I spent 20 years in newspapers, you know, covering whether it was UConn basketball, UCLA, the Los Angeles Dodgers. So I'm all about facts. I will give opinion, but I'm all about facts. And if there's a kid from Virginia up through New England, out through Pittsburgh that Rutgers is recruiting, there's a really good chance I'll have seen him live. He's my kid to cover, so I'll know what's going on with his recruiting. And if it's from outside of that area, hey, John, I told you before, Bobby, I told you, when Jalen Chapman committed to Rutgers, the first thing I did was call our guy in California who lives 20 minutes from the school, and he was coming over and writing evaluations, and he's been watching the kid for years. So in a nutshell, what you're getting with this move is not only great Rutgers content, and that'll continue, but you're also getting a national perspective of any time Rutgers is recruiting a kid and has legit interest in a kid, and that kid returns the interest, you'll know about it because our guys know the kid. Now, we're moving over to take over a spot formerly held by ScarletReport.com, but I don't really consider us taking over that spot because I see it as a merger. You're still there. Um, Hellman is, is still there. He has been you know, leading that website for the past few years, and he's been doing an unbelievable job. And of course, the community is still there, and they've built quite a nice community over there, particularly on their LeGrand Stand premium message board, which will soon be called the Roundtable. Brian, can you just tell me a little bit about the people who are part of that Scarlet Report website and who will soon be coming part of the ScarletNation.com community? Yeah, and for me, that's what makes it. I mean, you could go out and report a lot of things. And like I said, when I was in newspapers for a long time, it's great. You write the story and then you're done. But here you get to interact. And I know, John and Bobby, you talk to fans all the time, guys that are on your boards. And it's the same thing. I mean, whether it was the spring tailgate or the get-together at Old Queen's, you know, a lot of times on a message board, um, it's all the community is what's really important and everybody getting along. And no, it's not going to happen all the time. But the one commonality is they're all Rutgers fans and they want to see Rutgers do well. And I think that's important. But, yeah, you're going to have your opinionated guys. You're going to have your people that, you know, 
everything is going Rutgers way. Everything's great with Rutgers. You're going to have the people that have gone to Rutgers and they're going to talk about the RU screw and all that stuff, you know, coming up through the ranks. So you get a mix of everything. But at the end of the day, it's an active community. They understand each other pretty well. Uh, a lot of friendships have developed out of it, not just for me, but between posters themselves. So um, I just want more people and and that's what this is about and it's like you said john it's not a i don't feel like anybody's taken over i i feel like we're finally working together and it happens to be on a great platform with 24 7 sports and cbs and with you know shannon terry who runs it. Uh, it to me this needed to happen and it's why i've wanted it to happen for four or five years for those who are regulars on the 247 sports ruckers message board, I think just the bigger change or the biggest change that you're going to see is that there's just going to be more people. So if we bring all the people that we'd love to bring with us over from our previous site, we're going to be able to have a full free board selection too. So right now, I think most of the action is on that Stand premium forum. We would love to have a free football board, a free basketball board, current events boards, uh, a women's basketball board, other sports. So for basketball and wrestling and whatnot, and I think that's just when I look at Scarlet Nation, I see what the strength is aside from the content. It's that group of people and it's the people who are on that website. We call it the watering hole, 365 days a year. It's when there's a bowl game. Someone, uh, we have this one guy, he refers to himself as Are You Nuts? That's his nickname on the board. He organizes these big bowl parties and we'll get 300, 500. I, it seems like a thousand people pass through those parties from start to end. And to me, that's what it's about. I, I, th- I go back 20 years when I was the only person I felt in my area that cared at all about Rutgers sports. And I went online trying to find other people. And everyone else who did the same thing found their way to our initial message board, which we called RuckersFan.com. And it was like that, just that bonding of finding other people who are out there, share your interests, and want to talk about them. And so when you... F- you know, those of you who are not familiar with Scarlet Nation, when you come to our message board, you're going to see football talk, basketball talk, talk just spanning every single sports subject. But you're also going to see like weird topics, best hamburger in Middlesex County, uh, talking about the north-south divide, where that middle line is that demarcates North Jersey and South Jersey. And just know that that's fans who have bonded over a long period of time. We have something in common that unites us. And we're going to hopefully continue that over there on the 247 sports platform. Yeah, I think, I think you put it perfect, John. Just from the standpoint of it's more – the content is huge. People, go, they want to know about their team. They're paying to learn about their team on the premium side. But it's also about, you know, what are you doing at 10 o'clock at night where you just want to unwind and chat about something that's near and dear to your heart? Now, Bobby, I want to get you in on this conversation because you are the man that makes it work from a content perspective at Scarlet Nation all these years. And there are a few features that those who are unfamiliar with you and the work that you do are going to be excited about. So um, let's see. Let's look down this list here. I have them all over here. Let's start with Fat Cat Friday because I know that's the one where people start emailing me at 12.01 at night on Friday if you haven't posted it yet. Can you talk about that a little bit? 
Yeah, you know, it's it's built in the mold of the Fat Cat Sandwich. You know, it's a little bit of everything that we put together. It's usually powered by recruiting news, but if it's a little light in recruiting news at certain times of the year, you know, we'll fill it up with other news, with football, basketball, uh, wrestling. We, we do a little bit of everything, and it's really, a, a, you know, kind of a wrap-up of the week. It, it's just, a you know, a huge offering of information, and like you said, it's built in the mold of a fat cat. You know, you throw a bunch of stuff together, and somehow it tastes really good. The other feature that I think is probably at the top of everyone's list of things that they love about you is the Ask the Staff feature. Talk about that. Mm-hmm. Well, it, we give uh, our readers a chance just to ask us questions all day long. We open up a thread and, you know, Rutgers related, whatever it is, um, even sometimes it's not Rutgers related, but um, we, I will give you uh, my best answer. And if, if I don't know it, I will hunt it down and uh, I will put my opinion in there too and, and elaborate as best as I can. You know, this was my 11th season covering the team. So there's a lot that I've seen. Um, people will ask, what did you see about this guy at practice? Or what was the biggest snafu during the flood era? I probably could go on about that one, but that's that's something for another time. But that's a popular question too. So, um, you know, and, and I'm able to, to really, like I said, elaborate on this and give you a wealth of information because, you know, I, I've been on the beat, you know, for so long and I've seen so much and it's nice to be able to share what I see and even some of the behind the scenes stuff that people really want to know about, um, you know, my impressions on guys, how they're faring in, in practice on the team. What do I expect next year, this year, starters, um, anything. And and I'm not always 100 percent right, but I will give you the most informed opinion at the time and, and try and make it an enjoyable read as well. You can always keep it light, add levity when, when need be. And, and it's it's just a really enjoyable feature. People seem to love it. And I really have to kind of, <laughs> you know, uh, map my day out around that because as soon as I open up the thread, you know, half hour later, there's question, 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 question. And, and it's something I really enjoy answering. And um, hopefully, you know, we can expand on that even more. And, and, and I don't mind sitting there for eight, nine hours at a time answering the questions. You know what I love about your insight, Bobby? Not only have you followed a team for a long time, but you played the game. You also played a little college basketball. You wrote two books about the NFL draft process, and that's what I particularly enjoy because you saw these players from high school players to college players, and then you track some of them through to the NFL. So you have a really nice sense of like how it all comes full circle. Now, sticking to the Ask the Staff theme, we have something coming up on Monday. We're going to have Ask the Former Scarlet Knight, and that will bring in Mason Robinson, a former four-star player. This is something we'd like to do. As much as we can. And Mason's a special person for us because not only does he pop in from time to time for an Ask the Former Scarlet Knight, but now Mason is actually on our staff and he does player evaluations. Bobby, can you talk a little bit about what Mason brings to our our website? You know, I, I think he brings a different perspective because he was in college for so long. I mean, he played six years, had that six year of eligibility, played receiver, played defensive back, played uh, running back. So he's really well informed because he's he's been there. He's done it. Uh, he trains kids now. And um, he's, he's a very uh, he's a great kid, a kid. He's an adult. now. He's a man. Now, I, I, I'm just getting older. I call everybody kids. I apologize. But um, he just brings a great perspective because he's been in the middle of it. And and even Mason will tell you, you know, it's not an exact science, but that's the fun part about recruiting is is we can all analyze it and put our thoughts in. And, you know, even even Nick Saban is wrong sometimes. So um, 
that that's the fun of it. And, and it's great to hear his perspective because he's been in the middle of it and he can see some things that, that none of us realize because he's done it for so long. Uh, you know, being at practice technique in the film rooms, there's some stuff that, that only the guy in the, in the middle of the, the fray can really, you know, give you the, the correct insight on. So it, it's excellent. We'll still do our evaluations. I'll put my input, Sean Brown, Brian will put his in. Um, and, and that's the fun of it. And one of the great things is you have all these different analysts um, putting their opinion together. So you're really going to have a well-informed evaluation of a kid. And, and like I said, it's not an exact science, but, you know, we're, we're going to put so much, we're going to put a wealth of information together to, as to where it's not a 50-50 thing. You know, it, we're going to up the averages. All right. Now, we've talked enough about the website, where we're going, where we're coming from. There's so much more to talk about. We have articles that were posted to the main page tonight. We're also going to have things on the message board. So, folks, we only gave you a little piece, but I wanted you to meet Bobby. I wanted you to meet Brian. Get a little taste of what you have in store in the future. But now we're going to move on to the world of recruiting because that's where these two guys shine. Yesterday was a big day at Rutgers. They, they excuse me, not offered. They welcomed some top recruits to the campus. I'm just going to go down the line. And, gentlemen, I'll throw out a name. Tell me what you think about them. Tell me where Rutgers stands. Do they have a shot? So here we go. First one, Brian, in your article, you said was DePaul's Ronnie Hickman, the number 13 athlete, uh, the 247 sports composite. Talk about him. Uh, Safety receiver, looking hard at Penn State, Ohio State. Rutgers getting him on campus was huge because he hadn't been there for a while. Uh, I, I still think there's some work to do for Rutgers there. He'll decide by the end of the summer, it looks like. But remember, you can't sign till December. And one thing, and you're going to hear this time and again the rest of the spring, is Art Sitkowski has looked really good in spring practice, and every kid noticed it. And Hickman was the one who told me about it first when I spoke with him. And uh, he was a one-time Rutgers lacrosse commit, so he has some fondness for the school. Outside, I still think Rutgers has some work to do, but I wouldn't put him out of it yet. All right, Bobby, let's stick with one of his teammates, Chris Conti. Um. You know, Rutgers is in another good spot with him. And, you know, I think it's a matter of, of if you want to press him or not, um, whether or not they, they want to push real hard for a commitment. And, and this kind of falls under how the recruiting class is going to fall into place. You know, last year, uh, 20 commits going into the season. I think the staff is looking to take a slower approach this year. Um, and, and Brian and I have spoken about this uh, you know, guys like that, they, they they might be able to get these commitments if they push for them. Um, do they really want to push that early? That's the question that remains to be seen. I think when they start to see some guys in camps, uh, you know, that they'll really start to to um, you know you know find out who they really like even more and start pushing. But um, another guy that that could be right there if if Rutgers push for him, and, and you'll find that theme with with a lot of guys now more so than the last couple of years that. These guys are are looking to really, you know, commit to Rutgers, whereas in the past, in the previous regime, it wasn't like that. We should mention that Conti is a linebacker recruit, six foot two. Um, and, you know, that that DePaul program, they produce a lot of talent. Uh, looks like Nunzio Campanelli is out there recruiting them. So let's move it over to Burton Catholic, where Nunzio came from. And there was three players, if I'm not mistaken, who came down to Rutgers yesterday, uh, headlined by Josh McKenzie. Brian, what can you tell me about him? Uh, he had a great visit. His relationship with Nunzio is tremendous. I think in the 10 minutes I spoke with him, he used the term Coach Nuns about 6,000 times. Uh, you can tell they're very close. And 
All I can tell you is this. If you are listening to this podcast before noon on Sunday, make sure you check the message board after noon on Sunday because I'm going to have some interesting information about McKenzie on it. Brian, how does he rank in the state of New Jersey? Uh, you know what? He, he's a he's a fourth, fifth kind of running back type kid. But you got to understand his body type. He, you know, he's he's five ten, one eighty. He's not the rugged guy. He, he's a lot like Raheem Blackshear was coming out of high school. Um, I think Raheem probably had a little bit more burst when he lined up in the slot. But he's a guy that you're going to put more weight on. He, he's got to watch his weight now because he's a really good wrestler. So he's not going to bulk up to one ninety five, two hundred. But he is such an intelligent kid um, that. Athletically, I know there's a lot of hype when he was in eighth grade and what school he was going to and all that jazz. But at the end of the day, he it took him a little bit longer to develop in high school. He can run between the tackles. He can get outside. Uh, you know, just watching him play last season, I really saw a big difference between his junior year and his sophomore year. His sophomore year, I wondered, okay, is he really a power five kid? And I watched him as a junior, and I thought he was a power five kid. Um, but he's in. Incredible. You know, he's one of those kids that really makes me feel bad when I talk to him because he's one of those kids that you just know instantly is smarter than you. And so he's going to wind up going to the Ivies. And um, I'm glad he's a lot younger than me because with how smart he is, I'd probably be working for him one day if I was any younger. Now, it was three all together, Josh McKenzie, Brian Felter, and Jordan Moran. Anything we could talk about regarding Bergen Catholic, Nunzio Campanelli, Rutgers University, the future? For me, it's simple. Those three kids aren't coming to campus if Nunzio is not on staff. He has great relationships there, obviously, but the kids trust him. And now it's his job to continue to build that trust. I think with Jordan Morant and Brian Felter, you know, the 2020 kids, so it's going to take a little bit longer. Um, let's see how things play out. Morant's going to have, you know, he's going to have 30 offers by the time it's done, 35 offers, legit offers, not some of these offers that are thrown out these days anyway. But I, I look at Morant, and, and I think it'll be tough with him. Felter, I know Nunzio, when he was at Bergen Catholic, told me he's going to be one of the best offensive linemen he's ever coached. On the flip side, Bergen hasn't put out a ton of offensive linemen to the Division One level. But it just speaks to the relationship building. If Nunzio's not on staff, those kids aren't there on Friday. And on top of that, um, again, check the boards, because I'm going to have some Ramir Johnson news, too, uh, on Sunday afternoon. All right. Bobby, the guys we've been talking about so far have all been North Jersey Catholic school players. What does it mean to Rutgers to get these guys on campus? Oh, it means a lot. I mean, you just know the track record in recent years, um, how Rutgers has struggled with a lot of those schools and the staff is making a concerted effort to really go after these guys. And, you know, we've said it before that recruiting is a marathon and not a sprint. And it's days like these that, that really help, you know, in that marathon, you have to keep those relationships, maintain those relationships just to get all these guys down on one day. Uh, it's a big deal. You know, you didn't result in a commitment, but it's working towards future commitments. And as Brian said, he's going to have some crystal ball stuff that, that really wasn't there in the past. So um, they're making an effort. Getting Nunzio was a big deal. And Rutgers is really starting to make up for, for the ground that they lost during the previous era um, in, in North Jersey parochial schools. Bobby, I wanted to ask you about another player. It's Don Bosco athlete Jalen Berger, the number eight athlete in the 247 sports rankings for 2020. What can you tell me about him? Big time kid. Spoke to him after the visit. 
And um, actually, one of the first things he said to me was Arthur Sikowski was just sick. And uh, he meant that in a good way. Uh, you know, and that was a common theme. A lot of kids talked about going there and seeing a, a former top ranked recruit, you know, really doing well there. And, and at a position like quarterback, it's invaluable. Um, with a kid like Berger, I asked him, I said, you know, is, is that going to make a difference in, in how you perceive Rutgers? And he said, absolutely, um, because the top players want to play with top players. And if you're a running back, you, you want to play with a good quarterback. I mean, you know, it, it's just going to make life so much easier. And, you know, that, that's going to be a busy recruitment. That's a national recruitment. But, you know, to have that kind of response now, while there's still lots of time moving forward, um, it's really a good start. And if you remember when Rutgers got, you know, huge recruits like Savon Huggins and Darius Hamilton, it didn't start their junior years. It started their freshman years. And, and Rutgers just maintained a presence um, throughout that time. I mean, Savon Huggins came to practice once and Greg Schiano stopped what he was doing and went over and talked to him. And, and that was very out of character for, for Greg Schiano to do during a practice. Um, but it's little things like that that really make a difference in the long run. So, um, Jalen was really impressed with the visit, had a great time, and it's really helping Rutgers and, and things like that um, are going to move the program forward. Well, let's take a look over for a moment for Pope John receiver Taz Jones um, out of Sparta over there. Brian, what do we know about him? Well, we know that he's a guy that Rutgers has watched for a while. I remember watching him up at a practice when he was a sophomore. Uh, gets out of breaks well. Um, he's a possession kind of guy. I, I think if he continues to develop his speed, he can stretch the field a little bit. Rutgers liked him, had a good visit. Uh, Justin DMing with him and, and talking to somebody on staff there on Saturday morning. Uh, he's taking his time a little bit, but he's really impressed with Rutgers. Again, the offense, and it's not just Sikowski, although, look, anytime you talk to an offensive recruit, it seems like when they watch the spring practice, it starts with Sikowski. But he really likes the way John McNulty's running the, the offense. You know, the new offensive coordinator who was the old offensive coordinator years ago. And it's just he's doing a good job of mixing it up and going fast tempo. But then when I look at a guy like Taj Jones, look, there's some other receivers on the board that I, I don't know how many Rutgers will take. Uh, I, I don't see them right now taking more than two receivers. And so you look at Yusef Terry out of Philadelphia and Marlon Johnson out of the Petty School in Heightstown, and that's where recruiting really gets interesting if somebody wants to commit and how it plays into uh, some other receivers and their decisions. Bobby, looking over at St. Joe's and Montvale, that's my neck of the woods. I grew up over in Park Ridge right next door. We lost a lot of our top recruits over to St. Joe's, but – they had a pair of players on campus, Connor Greco and Michael Alimo. What can you tell me about them? Well, Alimo's younger quarterback, uh, brother Matt, uh, obviously went to, uh, you know, big recruit, went out to UCLA. Um, you know, it's still early in the process for him, but, you know, Rutgers He's is... He's in 2020. Yes, it, Rutgers is not making any... They're, they're not holding any grudges that, that his brother went elsewhere. So, um, I, you know, quarterbacks is an interesting position because it, a lot of it comes down to in-person evaluations and during the season and camps. So, um, you know, th there's, a, there's a definite shot there, but, um, you know, it's still early. So I, I think they're going to let that one play out and see how the kid fares this year. Uh, Connor Greco's one that, that Rutgers um, is, like I had mentioned before, if, if they pushed, um, you know, th that could be a commitment. Um, things are going really well between them. He had a great visit. And every time uh, he has gone there, it's just been, you know, 
one great thing to say after the other. Um, again, it's it's a matter, and Brian can speak to this as well. It's a matter of when do you accept certain commitments. As he said, things could get interesting if one of these kids wants to commit, and, and Greco's one of those kids. Yeah, they, they love Greco. Uh, he's a safety who could probably grow into a linebacker. He's got a long, thin frame. But uh, he, he can easily be a 205-pound safety or if they want to pump him up into a 220-outside um, linebacker. Yeah, and a kid like that has a lot of value because, you know, there's a there's the ability to maybe play him at multiple positions if something doesn't work out. So I think guys like that might have a little more value than other guys who may be limited to just one position. Bobby, in a new spread offense that everybody's running and you need speed, that's exactly it. You want a safety who can come down and cover the slot – and a or, or the linebacker who maybe can stay on the tight end a little bit or, or cover a little bit. But, yeah, position versatility, tremendous to have. And you've seen that, too, with the way they're using the linebacker safety hybrid at Rutgers. So uh, I think that's that's also a good sign in the coaching that, that Chris S is adapting to these changes and, and using a guy that's versatile like that. So I, I think they're targeting guys that have some type of versatility like that uh, more frequently than just, you know, the, the traditional guys that play one position. All right. Well, I'm going to take the conversation out of state now because not only did Rutgers reel in some great parochial school talent from within the Garden State, there were also some people on campus who were outside the Garden State. We'll start off with – actually, you know what? I'm not going to go. It's actually – I am sorry. Let's – there was one other person from New Jersey that we did not get to, so let's do that before we get out of state. C.J. Hansen, St. John Viennese. Brian, what can you tell me? Yeah, I, I look, I, I love C.J. Hansen. When I watched him play in the state championship at Rutgers last year – um, I, I watched him play. I, I know the offensive line coach pretty well at St. John Vianney. He was the one that tipped me off to Jamal Beatty, um, even when Michael Clark, everybody knew about him. But uh, the thing about Hanson is he's a smart kid. He's an interior lineman. He can play guard either spot. He's athletic and can pull. He's absolutely crazy because he's a lacrosse goalie. So you know he also has the toughness. Um, he's only played football for two years. He loves Rutgers. Chris Ash did a such an unbelievable job recruiting Micah Clark. And, and I don't know if a lot of people know this um, from the Scarlet Nation folks coming over. The first school Chris Ash went to visit when he was named Rutgers coach was St. John Vianney. And that always stood close with Micah Clark. And that was it. That was Micah Clark went from not knowing Kyle Flood's name. True story. Did not know Kyle Flood's name to winding up at Rutgers because of the priority that Chris Ash made him. And that has not been forgotten at St. John Vianney. Who says Kyle Flood you speak of? <laughs> yeah, I, I know. A lot of people wish they could forget those years. <laughs> All right. So I jumped the gun. Now we're heading out of state. Baltimore Gilman's Zachary Franks. Who wants to talk about him? Yeah, I mean, I've seen – yeah, I've seen Zach. We can both talk about it, but I've seen Zach, and I'll just tell you real quick. Uh, he's been up to campus a few times. Um, he camped for them, got the offer long. He, he needs to get stronger in the upper body. He's a former basketball player good feet. And it just tells you, um, look, Bobby knows Corey Robinson, a new assistant who I first met when he was at Calvert Hall down in, in Baltimore. And then he went to a couple schools now he's at Rutgers. And that's where the connection is with, with Zach Franks. Now look, Gilman's a big time academic school, but in, and we, I've talked about this with a lot of people, the further you get from campus, the better the academic reputation of Rutgers. I, when I lived in California, there were people that asked if it was in the Ivy League, and then I said to them, do you really think I can go to an Ivy League school? And they said, okay, we understand. But <laughs> Zach Franks is a 
kid that he's not going to play right away. It's going to take him two years to develop the strength, but that he's been the campus now, I think three times in the past four or five months tells you what a good job they're doing with him. Yeah. And you know, to just to, to piggyback off that, you mentioned Corey Robinson, um, just doing a tremendous job in that area down in Maryland. And I, you know, I knew him as well when he was at down at Calvert Hall. And I think that addition is really boosting recruiting in that area because, as Brian said, guys like that are coming on campus uh, more frequently. And it just shows, you know, that, that if you have an assistant with connections to a certain area, it can really improve your recruiting early on. All right, Bobby, last player we're going to talk about today, Heightstown, Pre- Pe- excuse me, uh, Brooklyn, Poly Prep, defensive end, Jason Blissett. Um, Jason Blissett, a very nice player. Um, been to Rutgers multiple times. I know Brian knows him really well, but uh, is a guy that can really help them out. And you know, Rutgers has really developed a, a good um, rapport with New York schools, and it, it's really getting better out there. And I'm sure Brian can attest to that as well. Um, they're just, you know, there, there's a lot of lot more talent now than there was. 10 years ago, five years ago, even, you know, but, um, Blissette is definitely, you know, good size is, is, has a, has a lot of, um, you know, a lot of potential from, from a strength standpoint, uh, you know, six, three, two fifty five. uh, just, you know, you, you want to get guys that, that you don't have to develop physically, I think. And I think that's one of his best attributes as well, because you're not going to have to spend a year in the weight room having to try and figure it out, you know, have him listed as a defensive end, but you know, he's a guy that could potentially grow into a defensive tackle. And I think that's a, a route um, Rutgers has taken a lot recently in recruiting the defensive line is finding that versatility as well as a guy who might be able to play outside or inside on, on the defensive line. Um, one more, um, one more example of that versatility. You know, you look at, you know, you talk about New York, Bobby, real quick, they're about five years behind Philadelphia if you look back five years ago, Philadelphia was just getting organized with seven-on-sevens, off-season workouts, and they started producing better players. And New York is just starting to get into that. And Rutgers has done a really good job of maintaining the relationships there. It was Bill Bush who was in there, and, and he did a good job in New York. He goes down to LSU, and they bring in Noah Joseph, who's now recruiting New York City. And they really haven't missed a beat. They have a really good connection with the high school coaches there. And Chris Ash is well-connected in New York City because of when he was at Ohio State. And he, he dealt with Danny Lamberg at, at Erasmus Hall. And Danny knows everybody. He dealt with Sean O'Connor at Lincoln. And, and so that's why this thing continues to go. And that's why, look, Rutgers is not getting the five-star kid, the high four-star out of New York right now. It, it's not happening. And that's okay. They're getting the next kid. And then you develop them. And when you look at, you know, Shameen Jones and – and just guys like that, and I love Zahir Lacewell and Tim Barrow, that's who they're getting, and that's fine because you can make a living off of that. Now, gentlemen, I can't tell you how many times I had a conversation with a parochial school coach who spent the majority of the conversation trying to convince me that the fans had it all wrong and that they don't hate Rutgers because that's the big refrain. The fans will say, this coach hates Rutgers, that coach hates Rutgers. Let's go through this list here. Are you able to tell me which coaching staff that we've discussed today is – I don't want to talk about who hates Rutgers, but maybe the one that Rutgers, if they had to make an inroads in there to get a recruit this year, it might be, I don't know, the easiest foray. Yeah, well, I, I'll put it to you this way, John. For anybody, look, they don't hate. It, 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 it's not It's not personal. It's that a lot of the parochial schools, you view it, what's better when you're trying to recruit your next eighth grader into ninth grade? Is it better to say, I sent seven kids to Rutgers, or is it better to say, I sent this kid to Ohio State, this kid to Michigan, this kid went to Virginia Tech? 
And so it helps them. Now, all you have to do is look and see where Rutgers gets kids from. St. Peter's Prep sends kids to Rutgers. And they sent really good kids there. I mean, they sent them Savon Huggins. They, they sent some really good players to Rutgers. And then there's everybody else who doesn't send a lot of players there. And that's what you're up against. And you can say all you want. Even when Nunzio was at Bergen Catholic, Chris Ash gets the job. Cora Adrizi goes down to Rutgers, has no offers, commits. The next week goes up to Bergen Catholic and flips right before signing day. That's what you're dealing with. Boston Boston College. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, I went to Boston. Yeah, Adrizi goes to Boston College and flips. And and all of a sudden, you know, so you look at it, that's where it is. I mean, it's just, you know, it's – People have to feel comfortable with Rutgers, and it goes back to what I said earlier. The further you get from campus out of state, the better the academic reputation of Rutgers. And the administration is somebody – they have to change that. Athletics can't change it. The administration has to change that. You don't think that can change if Rutgers goes on another winning tear? No, uh, it can It can change just from the standpoint of people wanting to go there um, and, and because they win. But I don't think that changes the academic – perception of a school but does it I think i don't do you really think that people are looking at the academics though in these cases i think that these guys are going to the schools that win the most have the highest you know perception across the country a lot of the schools that are reeling in players are below ruckers academically and i don't really from my perspective and please disagree with me yeah, if you no, want i, I think, I we're think it's the reputation of the team not necessarily the academics yeah, I, I think we're talking about two different things because you're not getting Noah Brown or Jabril Peppers or Rashawn Gary because they're going to the elite school. You're not getting it. So we're talking about the next level kid. Why should Rutgers lose a kid to Boston College or, you know, that that's what I mean. You know, they're losing to Boston College or, or maybe it's Northwestern from a few years ago. Indiana. Those are the ones, you know, when they lost L.A. Harding to Illinois. Those are the ones that I'm talking about. I get it. All right. So let me ask the two of you one final question. I'm looking at this list. It's a bunch of impressive players here. If Rutgers was to reel in one player, I know this is a little bit of the crystal ball prediction. Who do they have the best shot with in each of your opinions? And I know it's er very, very early for some of them. We have some 2020 recruits here. But Brian, let's start with you. Who do you think? Well, I think it's a kid that I put in a crystal ball pick a long time ago. And he's been he's been getting some really nice offers. He got a Stanford offer. Um, I believe he was down at North Carolina recently. But Aaron Young, the running back out of Coatesville, his brother Avery's a freshman. You know, be a freshman at Rutgers. The family loves the school. the The parents want him at the school. They have another brother who plays at Old Dominion. It's a close family. It's a it's a really nice group of kids. I mean, they're I, I've covered all three of them in recruiting, and they're all really good kids. So. For me, um, it may not be you know that really high level kid that would really get people jumping up and down about, but Aaron Young could be a running back that starts for you for three years, and so for for me, that's the kid I'm picking. Bobby, uh, I'm going to stay local to me and go with Donovan Bunch from Winslow. Um, I saw him you know this season play. I uh, saw him last week at a seven on seven practice. Just a smooth long corner. Um, has built up a nice list of offers, uh, regional offers, that is. Um, and, and, you know, Kemp Carr is a coach down there building the program back up. Um, if you remember years back, uh, Rutgers actually got Khalil Gaud from there. Uh, Brandon Jones came out of there as well. Both turned into serviceable players. And Brandon Jones actually had a, a nice career at Rutgers and 
probably overachieved when he was there. That's another story. Um, but Donovan kind of fits that that mold of the corners that it's becoming more popular. Those taller corners that, that, that can move with good hips. Uh, I think he'll have to get a little more physical as a player at the college level, but um, really moves well. He's going to visit Rutgers next week. So um, for, for my, uh, I guess it would be my initial crystal ball pick at 247. I would probably have to go with Donovan. All right. You're not getting out of this question that easily, though, gentlemen. I probably misstated it. I was talking about everyone we talked about today. Oh, if you were to look oh, at, the, at the players from today. I, can <laughs> I mean, you want me to really get people excited? I can pick probably four of them. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, you know what? I'll, 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 uh, I'll go with Connor Greco because I already crystal balled him a while ago. But, again, if you, if you really want some good insight on it, just wait till afternoon on Sunday, and you'll get a few more answers on things from me. All right. Bobby, of the list we have today, Hickman, Connie, McKenzie, Felter, Barrett, Berger, Jones, Greco, Alimo, Hanson, Franks, and Blissett. What do we got? You know, I, I think I, I'm going to go along the same line with Brian. I mean, we could probably give you four guys that would – open your eyes and say, wow, now, but um, let's save a couple of them. I, I think Greco, the same thing. They could get Conti if they want it. Um, but, um, you know, th- this is going to play out very interesting, and, and I think they have a very good chance with a lot of those guys. So we'll um, we'll start to reveal them a little bit more as time goes on. So uh, stay logged on to the site because you're not going to want to miss a thing. Hey, gentlemen, it's so nice talking to you. I still have to keep saying it, and I know people are probably going to get tired of me you know, tired of me saying it over time. I can't believe I have the two of you on at the same time. <laughs> this is something I've wanted for a long time. And the future of this site is bright. We have great people working here. We have a great fan base, great people all around. I want to thank all of you who are listening. If you made it 37 minutes into our podcast, you are a podcast warrior. And we all hope to meet you on the boards. We hope to meet you at tailgates We hope bowl parties are coming back again because Scarlet Nation throws some of the best bowl parties you're ever going to find. And that's it for us today. Please stay on ScarletNation.com. Stick with the Scarlet Nation podcast. We're out.